If you've ever struggled with anxiety or panic attacks, today's show is just for you. My guest took some very big stages alongside of Christian rock bands to share the message of the gospel. When at a really young age, only 16, he started suffering with panic attacks and anxiety. This is the Comeback Kids story. Hey there, you're listening to the Living a Limitless Life podcast. I'm Sharon Hughes, and on this show, we talk about mastering your mindset, growing your faith, and becoming the leader you want to be, with tips, strategies, and interviews to help you create a life you love. I'm really glad you're here. So come on, let's go. On the show today is Trevor Tyson. He is an influencer and a speaker, and he's an advocate for mental health. He's had his go around with anxiety, and he has made it his life's work to help others that are struggling break free. Welcome to the show, Trevor. Thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor to be here and finally get to speak with you. And uh, I feel like it's going to be a really good episode, uh, just from the energy, that, from the conversation we had before recording and then the previous recording. I'm just super excited to be here. So thanks for having me. Oh, I'm so glad you could come back on. So since, since you led with that, I'll just update the audience that we had actually recorded an episode several weeks ago. It was fantastic, but some things pivoted in Trevor's life and he wanted to come back on the show and share that here first, which I'm so flattered that you would. I just love that. Yeah. But since the audience didn't get to hear the other recording, let's get right into how you are championing the issues of anxiety that are surrounding so many people. Share mm -hmm. with us your story. So realistically, where I consider my story starting is a whole lot different from what other people would talk about. They would talk about getting baptized in church when they were four and walking with Christ and going through there. But I had all that happen, but my life story starts at the age of 16. I was a senior in high school and I was traveling the country telling people about Jesus, doing evangelism, speaking in front of some amazing crowds and just getting to live the life that I thought was my, what was going to be the rest of my life essentially. And uh, God had some different plans. I remember being in Birmingham, Alabama and having a panic attack and I didn't know what it was. So I just started like, walking around the venue. We were at Church of the Highlands, which is one of the biggest churches in Alabama for an event. And I just, I didn't know what was going on. I felt like I was going to puke. So I was walking around the parking lot, probably looked like a crazy person. And I, that was my first uh, encounter with anxiety. And from there, it just started a spiral downwards. I had to cancel a lot of events and a lot of things that I was really looking forward to doing. Like that was my life. I love speaking. I love talking to people. I love seeing people find purpose in their life and finding the understanding that they do have a purpose and their calling in life is to pursue that. And so I went completely off the road. I could not speak in front of crowds. I was struggling with anxiety, but I refused to admit it. That was the biggest problem. Mm. So fast forward to three years, I decided to uh, it was time to get back on the platform. I felt like God was calling me strongly to start speaking and advocating for people that were struggling with what I was struggling with and still struggle with to this day. I've generalized mm -hmm. anxiety disorder. So I went to therapy. I did something called EMDR therapy and it mm -hmm. changed my life. 
And the only reason I get so energized talking about that is because without the God-given potential that these therapists have, and even out of scripture, like these things brought me back to who I was supposed to be. I wasted Mm -hmm. three years of my life, two or three years. Um, I'm not going to do the math right now, but it was either two or three years that I wasted. I was not speaking. I was not advocating. I wasn't doing anything. I was letting anxiety run my life. Mm -hmm. I was letting fear dictate my decisions. I was like, I'm never getting back on the stage. I deleted all of my social media and said I was done and just started working that nine to five job. Wow. And, and you were on big stages because you were on stage stages with bands like for King and country and who, who else? I know last uh, time they- for King and Country, Lecrae, Crowder, Hillsong United. It's it's been a that's wide- a big deal for you to just it, pull the plug. Yeah, um, it it's insane. And you know, right after therapy and everything, I got the opportunity to do a festival that I'm actually returning to this year called Joshua Fest, mm-hmm. and I, that was my first big event back. And God showed up and showed out, and I'm telling you. I was walking on stage and I don't throw names out to brag or anything. I just want people to understand the pressure that right. comes with it. Yeah. I was walking to the stage with uh, a photographer that I met, Daniello, and another podcast host that came out with uh, me to do an interview there. And I'm walking on stage going on right after Lecrae. He's easily one of the biggest influences in the world. And I'm next. Like I had the biggest panic attack, but the funny thing was, I was looking out of the stars and in Quincy, California, you've got the Joshua trees all around you. You've got the Joshua trees all around you and it's just beautiful. And right when they handed me the microphone, I was looking up at the stars and all that panic went away. And I, Mm. I'm telling you now, I've looked back at the video and the message that came out of me right after that panic attack, which was talking about that panic attack that I just had before I got on stage Mm -hmm. was one of the most powerful things that's ever came out of my mouth. I can imagine the pressure and especially considering that you had went so far at such a young age, speaking out, building that speaking platform to have the panic attack start for you to shut down and pull the plug. And I'm sure you had so many friends and so many people you were networking with that were reaching out to you and saying, Trevor, where are you? What's going on? Yeah. Um, one of the big projects that I had the opportunity that I was actually interning with uh, together 2016, which was uh, supposedly going to be the largest Jesus gathering in American history on the national mall. They, um, I, we were in the middle of doing that and, you know, I was doing events for them and even just like working a merch table for them at some events as well. But I was going to be speaking at a shorter university the next day wow. uh, from, after Birmingham, when I had that panic attack and I did not do it, I called them the day of and I was like, look, I'm sick. I don't know what's going on. I was going to be driving in from Birmingham back to Georgia. And I ended up not doing that event and Mm -hmm. canceled a lot more events. Even one in my hometown that we had put together to where people could see what was going on. I hired Mm -hmm. him to take my spot and I kind of did things from the background and I was done. Like I said, I was not going to get back on a stage again. I wasn't going to do another podcast interview, another radio interview. I wasn't going to mm-hmm. do anything. I was done. Like I was crippled. Uh, I is how I put it. And, yeah. and, and you're young. So I bet your parents were just completely beside themselves. Yeah, it was weird. I remember when I got back from Birmingham, we didn't know what was going on. We didn't know it was panic or anxiety. Um, so I just drive all the way back from Birmingham and I go to bed and I literally did not come out of my room for like three days. And my dad came in and was like, look, get up. And we went to 
their lake house and I was, I guess, fine for, or before I went to the lake house, I did, uh, I had to go do a presentation because I was still in high school. Like mm. I was touring, but I was still in high school. Yeah. But there was a big presentation I had to do in front of 30 classmates. And I'm used to being up in front of anywhere from 50 to 10,000, maybe sometimes a little more uh, people. And I could barely get through that presentation. And it was like some medieval thing where you had to go like, yee, 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 like, you know, all the <laughs> crazy dramatic <laughs> stuff. But it was, it was terrifying for me. And I explained wow. it to my teacher. I was like, I don't know what's going on. Um, but yeah, my parents definitely saw a change in my attitude and my demeanor. I had to give a speech at uh, graduation. I was a class president and they're like, no drinks on the field. And I carried a chamomile tea. Like that was the only thing that could calm me down. Um, mm-hmm. so I carried that out there with me. They were like, you can't take that. But I snuck it under my chair before <laughs> the event. And <laughs> it was a lot of, a lot of soul searching, a lot of figuring out what was going on with me. And even when I identified it as anxiety, like Mm -hmm. I still didn't care. I was like, I don't have anxiety. Like, and I was being really ignorant. I was being Mm -hmm. arrogant towards myself and I costed myself two to three years of my life. But, you know, that's why we're championing it the way we are and going after it hard and and heavy. Well, Trevor, what was the pivotal moment for you? Because like, that's huge. What you went through... I can't even imagine what that could feel like and for it to last as long as it did. So what made you pivot and go, okay, this is anxiety and I've got to act on it? I think the further it went on, the more um, trusted friends and colleagues would point it out. Like, you know, do you think it's anxiety? I'd be like, no, no. But then um, I knew for a fact one day I was having a panic attack and I'd read up on the symptoms and I know friends that went through the same thing. Um, and once I identified it, like strongly and was like, I'm going to get help. I called every like therapist around me. None of them would answer. None of their phones would even ring. It would go to a dead tone. And I was like, well, I'm going to mark today. Like the day that I decided that I was not going to let it run my life anymore. And I went and got my second Kings two nine tattoo, which is asking for a double portion of his spirit. Um, mm. so I pray that in every prayer that I have, like, Lord, give me a double portion of your spirit. And that verse came to me through people that are like my second family now, Tina and Todd Bartlett. I met them at Winter Jam in 2015 at the Georgia Dome. And uh, they're coming to stay at my house later this month. They are a blessing in my life. And I credit most of the opportunities that I've been able to do um, came through knowing them and God placing them in my life at the perfect time to be able to do essentially what I do. Oh, I love that. Yeah. yeah, we are so wired for community. And Amen, yeah. I truly think that people that are struggling with not just that, I mean, mental illness um, and anxiety disorders and things like that, that's a heavy burden to carry. But also people that are struggling with just other things, maybe it's yeah. addiction or it's just flat out loneliness. They mm-hmm. need somebody to come alongside them and walk that journey with them, not shame them, not say get over it you know, not say, you know, just take meds and, you know, get on with your life, but yeah. actually walk with you through that journey of healing. Mm. Yeah. And a big turning point for me was realizing that my purpose never changed. My mindset did and the anxiety did that. And I realized really quickly or not really quickly, like I said, it took two to three years, but right when I started to grasp it really quickly, it came to my attention that, anxiety lies to you, fear Mm. lies to you. Mm -hmm. Like 
your mental health is very relevant. And that's why I do what I do. Some of my family, like still to this day, will not acknowledge that I have generalized anxiety disorder, that I just have panic attacks out of nowhere. Like sometimes I don't want to go out to eat. I have mood swings. Like this is stuff that comes with it, but I should, if you look at it from a certain standpoint, I should be scared to get back on a stage. And while I do have anxiety attacks, it's not going to keep me off of it. It's not going to keep me off from doing a podcast or make a video. When you put yourself out there like that, you put yourself out there for the world to see, and that does cause anxiety. And the big thing for me is I'm not going to stop until I know for a fact people struggling with anxiety know that it's okay not to be okay. Mm -hmm. And I had somebody tell me the other day, you know, they were like, salvation covers physical healing. And yes, I do believe in miracles and I do believe in physical healing. You have to know when and where that stands. And God loves you. He has a purpose for you. He has a plan for you. And just because you're struggling with anxiety does not mean you cannot fulfill that purpose and calling that he has for your life. And that's why I do what I do. Wow. I want to read a, a quote that you put on your website that's no doubt somebody is going to listen to this show and this is going to resonate with them. You wrote, living with low self-esteem and with heavy insecurities is quite common. At some point, you dealt with it, whether you know it or not. It comes on like a silent killer that never seems to fail at ending your joy. Yeah, um, I believe that came from a piece that I wrote called Insecurity and in Me. And I'd heard a song from a band called Memphis Mayfire. It was called You and Me, and it was about ending a toxic relationship. And the main lyric in it was, let's just move on and say goodbye to you and me. And the more I got to listen to it, I just felt inspired creatively and was like, I'm not in a relationship, but what are some things that I just need to let go of toxic relationships? Mm -hmm. And for me, that was insecurity in me. Mm -hmm. So the more I got to writing and the more I got to searching into it, it's like I've struggled with insecurity my whole life and I've never acknowledged it. Like I never went to prom or homecoming. I've only dated once in my life and God bless her heart. Um, she got to see firsthand what anxiety will do to you. And I'm writing a blog right now talking about like a lot of guys will not admit they have anxiety, nor the less they will not admit that like sometimes when they set a date to go out on a date with a person, they have to back out like day of like, I can't do it. Like, and I had to do that three times. Wow. And a lot of people won't admit that, but you know, insecurity is real. Anxiety is real. Depression is real. And it's time to acknowledge it. People think that just because it's mental, it makes them crazy and they don't want to admit that they need help. But it's just as important as going to get a flu shot or going to the doctor for a cold. If you do not get a grip on your depression anxiety or your well-being in general like there are side effects like you i mean i hate to say it, people kill themselves every day from this stuff mm -hmm. and it, it's terrible that they feel like they have to do that but a lot of them aren't in their right mind and if they would have gotten the help that they needed they might still be here today but there are those people that did get the help they needed and it just didn't work out for them but i will not stop breathing i will not let myself die until I know that I've done everything in my power to tell everybody on this earth that they are loved, they have purpose, and they have a calling on their life, and not to let anxiety, depression, or any kind of mental illness hold them back from being who they were created to be. If somebody is listening to this right now and just heard what you said, and they're thinking to themselves, how do I not let it? Like, What, what should the first step be? 
the first step is going to be admitting that you have a problem. And I know that's a term that's used over and over and over, but it's real. Like if you say you're going to make a budget and you don't write it out, you're never going to stick with it. You're never going to get help until you know that you have a problem. So once you admit like, okay, maybe this is a little bigger than what I thought it was. I need to get help. Mm -hmm. Step one, admit you have a problem. Step two, reach out. You've got a community around you. If you don't want to go see a therapist, find a pastor or parent or just someone you trust and open up and see if they have any good insight for you. But I will tell you that therapy is really, really, really amazing. And if you need to be on medication, I was on medication for a portion of my life and it enabled me to get back on stage. Like it wasn't the medicine, it was God, but the medicine was a big stepping stone in me being able to get back on the platform and even just share a message through podcasts. Yeah. Well, I certainly appreciate the work that you're doing and being so open. So many young people, they just don't realize that the anxiety and depression, that it's a thing. You know, they get labeled as like, oh, it's, you know, it's growing pains. Like, oh, you're a teenager and oh, you're fine. Like, it'll be okay. But they really, really do need to know that it is actually legit. Yeah. And that there is help and that there is hope. There is. And I've noticed that when people talk about mental health, it's been quite, it's been framed in a way of kind of like negative. But when we talk about our physical health, like, oh, we're working out, we're eating clean and all that, that sounds good. So I think that there needs to be an awareness shift, right? That um, mental health means you're taking care of your mind, that you're putting the right things in your mind. Yeah. And that you're and, taking control of your mind. Yes. And one of the, I mean, it doesn't make me mad, but one of the most irritating things you'll hear is like, my poor dad will be like, you just need to go to the gym more. And it's like, that doesn't do it for you. Like I've won two national records in powerlifting. The gym is not going to help what I'm going through. I mean, being active definitely will relieve some tension off of you, but it's not the answer to everything. So mm-hmm. if you think that the gym is better than you going to see a therapist and you're struggling with depression and you're hitting the weights hard and heavy and running and taking care of your body and eating clean, and you're still struggling with those thoughts, it's not your fault. You just need to know where to get your help. Where does your mm-hmm. help come from? It mm-hmm. comes from God. It comes from going to see a therapist. It comes from taking care of yourself, just like you would go to the hospital if you had a broken leg. Like You Mm -hmm. need to go get yourself checked out, make sure you're okay before something happens. Yeah. And these things don't just go away. Like The more we ignore them, the worse they get. Yeah. I think the bigger they can get. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I've known a lot of people that have had different types of issues in that umbrella of mental health and in not getting the help, they just shove it down and then they get down the road, you know, a decade later and they're still struggling with the same things and they've wasted so much time, you know, being, you know, wounded and broken where they could have actually experienced some healing. Totally, totally. And one thing that I've seen the most anxiety and tension come out of from people around me is financial pressure, jumping into things they don't necessarily need to be in when it comes to finances. It's like, if you can't afford the car you're driving, get rid of it. 
if you can't afford the home you're living in, get rid of it. Like, I'm not telling you to go homeless, but be wise with your finances because people do not put two and two together. If you get too bad into debt, how many bills you're going to have, that's going to stress you out. And even for millennials, Gen Z, all of us have been done with money to a certain extent at some point in their life. And luckily I found Dave Ramsey at a young age and like, I tried to take care of my finances to the best of my ability and being 21 and being a homeowner and I've got bills of my own and I love adulting. Like a lot of people complain about having to pay bills and stuff, but if you do it right, that's not going to be a part of your mental health. That's not going to be a negative part of your life. You just have to be wise with it. And if you're listening to this podcast right now and you haven't been smart with your money and you know, for a fact, you've been stressing about it, take it as a wake up call. It's time to start doubling down on your budget and making sure that your finances are in order before it turns into something bad. Did your finances trigger you and cause anxiety? No, I've never been in a predicament to where that was causing anxiety uh, to a certain extent. Um, I'm a workaholic, so I'm always working. And as you know, the more you work, the more you earn, but you got to know when to stop working as well. That's one thing I've had to teach myself. Like, Trevor, you're working too hard. Like you work seven days a week. You got to stop. And whether it's with my day job or podcast interviews, creating content, running my socials, it's a full-time job. Mm -hmm. So you just have to be really careful with how much work you're putting in as well. But I see so many people struggle with anxiety and depression from finances and it's sickening. It's like, we're not wired in high school to take care of our finances. You're not taught how to manage a budget. You're not taught how to write a check. You're not taught how to do taxes. You graduate and then you go blow all this money and you got a credit card because you thought you didn't have to pay it back. True story. I've met somebody that got a credit card after high school. They did not realize you had to pay it all back. They ran it up $10,000 before mm-hmm. they realized. It was like, <laughs> did you think it was free? Did you think it was free? They didn't um, think that went through. You had some news that you wanted to share. So what is coming down the pipe for you? So we are starting a new brand called Fear is a Liar. And we're going to be bringing motivational content, spiritual content, just everything that you could imagine that you never needed. We're going to bring it into one spot. We're going to have blogs, video content, merch. We're going to have amazing clothes coming out. And it's all going to be gearing towards setting the record straight with anxiety. Fear is a liar. I like, love it. Not let it run your life. And I'm not the first person to say fear is a liar. And I'm certainly not going to be the last person. Um, I had an author reach out to me this week and with his concerns on it, but he wasn't the first to say it. And I'm not the last to say it. But fear is a liar. That is a message that resonates with my life 110%. And even with, I've had the merch designs for the hoodies and the shirts and hats and everything. Mm-hmm. That's going to be the forefront of the brand. It's going to be a clothing company, but we're going to double down on bringing content to help people through it as right. well. What's going to separate us from our com- competitors, if you would say, like, I want to compete with Nike. Like, I want to compete with everybody. Like, we're going to be on the forefront of mental health in a different way. When you see fear as a liar, mm-hmm. it's not just like a name like Nike or a name like Forever 21. Fear is a liar. What separates us from them? It's not a name. It's a statement right there. Mm -hmm. People Mm -hmm. talk about us. They're not going to be talking about a name. They're going to be talking about the statement, fear is a liar. And my prayer for it is for people to see the videos and the collaborations, the clothing, the blogs, video, everything. 
and ask that question, where am I struggling with fear in my life? And for people walking down the street and seeing it on someone's uh, shirt or hat, like, hey, what is that about? And hopefully open that segue for them to talk about mental health, to talk about anxiety, talk about the things that nobody wants to talk about, including suicide. Suicide needs to be talked about. It's an epidemic that just keeps getting larger and larger. Mm -hmm. And it's disgusting that um, I had a friend who's, I believe his 12-year-old nephew committed suicide a few weeks ago from being bullied at school. And I mean, the age gap just keeps getting wider and wider. They're getting younger, they're getting older, and it needs to be talked about. So that is exactly what we're going to be doing with Fear is a Liar. We want you to know that you are loved, you have purpose, and we're going to be putting everything from my brand into Fear is a Liar where it's all a big package deal. We want you to know that you are loved, you have purpose, and there is a calling on your life. And anxiety and fear and depression cannot hold you down from fulfilling that. You got to get help. It's time to wake up and start moving. I love that. I love that. Love the messaging. I love how you want to set yourself apart with bringing content that supports the message. Yeah. And you know, the world needs it. The world's hungry for answers and knowing that they're not alone. So... Congratulations, Trevor. When is when will the line and the content start coming out? I believe the set we don't have a set date yet. Um, if you want updates, feel free to go to fearisaliar.co. Uh, we'll have a date coming up pretty soon, but I believe it is going to be mid-June. Oh, that's really and fast. It's really fast, but we're super excited. We're I'm actually about to film a video for it right now. We're working on getting some guest collaborators, people to write blogs with us. I want to get the female perspective on mental health. And we're just going to offer a wide array of content that you've never seen or heard before. And hopefully it will resonate with just one person. And I mean, hopefully potentially a million people, if not more. But I believe that that's a God-given message that needs to be rallied and talked about a whole lot more than it actually gets talked about. I mean, Logic came out with the 1-800 song last year or the year before, and mental health was a big piece in Mm -hmm. culture at that point. I was talking about suicide, the suicide hotline, and he got so much recognition from that, but he didn't even take it for himself. He was just champion for the people that will not talk. And you're going to see more and more of that coming out of these artists, out of authors, out of musicians. it's, It's not unacceptable to have mental illness anymore. And it's a beautiful thing to an extent that you know that just because you've struggled with anxiety does not mean you're stupid, does not mean you're arrogant, does not mean that you're a drama queen. It's mm-hmm. something that you can't control. Right. And if you accept it now and start living for yourself and living for God and just going after that message that you have you will find purpose because when I was struggling with anxiety, I was like, I was trying everything in my power to hide it. I would not let people see that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, right when I decided I'm not going to hide it anymore, I'm going to start talking about it. That's when I found my purpose again. That's when I found healing within myself Mm -hmm. and knowing that God's got a message. He gave this to me. Nobody else can tell this message. Somebody can have a similar message, but nobody has this but me. It's rare. It's unique. And I know that God wants to share it through me just as he wants you to share your message through you. Wow. So Trevor, you're going to be on the stage at Joshua Fest, and that's coming up yes. this summer, right? Yes, July 26th through the 28th. All right. And Are tickets still available? 
tickets are still available and this lineup just keeps getting better and better. Like I'm amazed. I'm super excited to be back on stage with Lacey Sturm. She used to sing for a band called Flyleaf and she champions for mental health as well. So excited to be out there with her disciple. What up RG? No big deal. Mike Mains in the branches. I mean, the list just goes on and on. My good friends and AC and Brady are going to be there. I'm just pumped. It's an amazing opportunity. I never thought I'd be able to get back on a stage to this extent again. So to even be doing a summer festival, like I'm so honored and thrilled that I was invited back. And that festival has a big spot in my story. Like that was my Mm -hmm. first headline show back, you know, as the MC for the event. And I'm, I'm super excited to get back out there this summer. Quincy, California has got a special spot in my heart. I've had a bunch of panic attacks there before events and even just get back on the stage and share my story. The thought that goes into the fest. That's um, exciting. It's going to be amazing. And if you can get out there, come on, we want to have you. (laughs) Sounds awesome. All right. Trevor Tyson of Trevor Talks. I'm going to link everything down below so that you can connect with him. If you would like to have him come in, speak to your group, um, reach out to him. As you heard, he is an advocate for mental health and he wants to make sure that the people that are feeling unseen are seen and heard and know that they're not alone. Thank you so much, Trevor. Thank you so much for having me and just God bless everybody listening. It's going to be a big year for everybody. 2019, don't let yourself down this year. Go after it. Be anomaly, be yourself and fulfill your purpose. It's amazing to listen to this story of what was so destructive in his life, how he turned it around and he's using it to actually champion a cause. I encourage you that if you are struggling to get help, we need to take care of our mental health just the same way we take care of our physical health, a healthy mind and a healthy body so you can have your best life. Connect with Trevor at trevorktyson.com and watch for his merchandise and all of the really great information he's going to be bringing out to support this whole cause, fearisaliar.co, and I'll also have the link to get tickets to Joshua Fest linked below. So jump into the show notes, and as always, friends, thank you so much for being here, and I wish you every good thing.